0: Listener
1: Production. Hello, Tom Tilly with you. It is Monday, January 24. And in this briefing, it's more on the topic of catching COVID on purpose. We have a cautionary tale for you. It's a Czech woman who died after deliberately catching COVID. And we've tracked down her son who wants to share her story with the world.
2: Stop being proud about these kind of things. It's not necessary and it's really dangerous especially when it when it comes to when it
1: comes to disease like this yeah it's a fascinating and tragic story that might change your mind if you were chasing omicron not that i'm suggesting many of you were but some people were (laughs) were thinking about it first up katrina blouse is here for today's headlines
3: Hey everyone. Well, the Western Australian Health Minister has said they can no longer stamp out Omicron after 24 new cases were confirmed yesterday.
0: It's certainly the start of Omicron. Uh, I think it's clear that we're not going to eliminate Omicron. It's now about how we suppress and manage Omicron.
1: Yeah, so that's Amber Jade Sanderson from WA. Uh, They've got 90 active cases now, which is a lot in WA, who only uh, just last week announced a backflip on their border reopening plan. So could be really interesting, Katrina, if this whole situation completely changes in the space of a few days.
3: Yeah, and it's got to make you wonder whether McGowan's call on this was the right one. Uh, Speaking of borders, Aussie travellers wanting to book a trip to Europe may be locked out after the EU declared Australia a COVID danger zone because of our surging Omicron cases.
1: Yeah, so that means anyone, regardless of vaccination status, um, could be blocked from non-essential travel to Europe, Um, or may have to quarantine or face extra testing requirements.
3: Yeah, we just don't know yet what this all means. Uh, Cyprus, Greece and Italy have already gone against the rulings. Travel bosses, including the head of Flight Centre, have spoken out about this. They say that if you've got a booking in May or June, don't panic yet, um, because this could all be completely called off by them. This situation is evolving really quickly.
1: Yeah, it really is, isn't it? We're already seeing case numbers and hospitalisations um, plateau and start trending downward in New South Wales in Victoria, the two most populous states. So, yeah, as we saw in South Africa, Omicron can come really quickly and go really quickly, so some of this stuff absolutely could change. Uh, meanwhile, in New Zealand, um, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has had to call off her own wedding after issuing a Code Red in the country.
3: Such is life. I am no different uh, to uh... Dare I say it, thousands of other New Zealanders who have had uh, much more devastating impacts felt by the pandemic. Gosh, not to suggest this is a political stunt, but could she be <laughs> any more relatable here? Uh, oh, New Zealand.
1: Come on. <laughs> she's always relatable, she's always authentic.
3: <laughs> New Zealand is expecting to see a thousand cases a day in coming weeks as Omicron surges.
1: Yeah, they were going for a COVID zero approach like WA, which um, doesn't seem to be working out for them either.
3: New South Wales and Victorian schools won't be pushing back their start dates.
1: We're going to be back day one of term one. It may look a bit different, it will be challenging, uh, but it's critically important that we have our students back in the classroom in a safer situation as we can possibly build. So that's Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews. This comes after Queensland delayed the start of their school uh, return by two weeks. So New South Wales and Victoria um, released their plans over the weekend, they're, they're very similar. Um, they include 20 million rat tests across both states and students and teachers will need two tests a week. Masks in secondary schools will be mandatory in both states uh, and in Victoria, even students from grade three will have to put them on.
3: Yeah, in uh, New South Wales primary school students are only recommended to wear them though and in both states a booster shot is necessary for staff.
1: And Ash Barty is through to the quarterfinals of the Australian Open. Uh, This means she's one step closer to becoming the first Aussie woman to win the Australian Open since 1978 after winning her fourth round match against Amanda Anasimova in straight sets yesterday.
3: God, nineteen seventy-eight. It's crazy to think it's been that long. Uh, meanwhile, Tennis Australia has been asking people to remove T-shirts and banners saying "Where is Peng Shui? Uh The Chinese tennis player accused a senior Chinese official of sexual assault back in November, and has actually been out of public life pretty much, except for one statement, which people say could have been a, an orchestrated thing. Um, mm. Ever since then,
1: yeah. So Tennis Australia seems to be walking a funny line here. They say they're still worried about Peng Shui's safety, but under their conditions of entry, clothing banners or signs that are commercial or political are not allowed.
3: Yeah, and also Tennis Australia CEO Craig Tiley has spoken out about the Djokovic saga for the first time. Um, He was talking about whether reports Djokovic will sue Tennis Australia were true.
1: No, uh, I mean, there's going to be lots
2: of reports on different things, but uh, we're in a position as where we focused on delivering an event right now.
1: Yeah, Craig Tiley also said Djokovic won't be suing the Australian government um, and that Craig Tiley himself won't be resigning over this whole Djokovic debacle.
3: And the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has warned Russia that the U.S. and NATO are ready to step in if they move into Ukraine.
1: If a single additional Russian force goes into Ukraine uh, in an aggressive way, uh, as I said, that would trigger uh, a swift, a severe and a united response uh, from us uh, and from Europe. That's pretty hectic hearing that, isn't it?
3: Yeah, although it doesn't really say what kind of response that would be because they have ruled out military intervention in the past. Is this a change of tone or is he talking about those, um, you know, economic sanctions that they were talking about in the past? It's quite unclear.
1: And the Wiggles... (laughs) This is an amazing story, Katrina. So the Wiggles have announced a new covers album that's going to come out in March. (laughs) And it sounds like they already had this in the works. I don't know if they knew what was going to happen over the weekend, but they won the Hottest 100 with their Like A version cover of Tame Impala's Elephant. That's how it is to Yeah, it's a crazy result. First time a cover has won and I guess shows how much love there is for the Wiggles. Uh,
3: the guys from Tame in Parlour, though, they were absolutely stoked about this.
1: <laughs> yeah, here's what Kevin Parker said. If someone told me back when we released um, Elephant that in 10 years' time, the Wiggles were going to cover it and it was going to get top 10, oldest 100, I would have told you you were out of your mind. <laughs> so a lot of love there from Kevin Parker. Um, Billie Eilish, Gang of Yous uh, and Kid Leroy, Justin Bieber also made the top 10. I'm always surprised by what wins the hottest 100, Katrina. It always <laughs> makes me feel old, but this one takes it to a whole yeah. new level with the Wiggles winning.
3: Yeah, and if you're hanging out for that Wiggles cover album, it's apparently also going to include tracks by Rihanna and ACDC, so just putting their music before a completely new audience here.
1: Wow, they are going to get so much richer than they already are.
3: (laughs) Not that they need it, but good on them.
1: All right, Katrina, we'll catch you tomorrow. In just a moment, Jan Fran will join me as we bring you this um, tragic but important story from the Czech Republic. So, Jan Fran, last week we did a briefing on people that want to catch COVID, and I said to you at the end of the interview that the epidemiologist maybe wasn't all that convincing for people that are thinking they want to choose their own timing, but I think the interview we're about to hear is very convincing on the same topic.
0: Absolutely. I read this story and I I think my jaw sort of hit the floor. It's a very cautionary tale of a woman who actively exposed herself to COVID and she paid the ultimate price. <laughs>
1: So that's the music of 57-year-old Czech folk singer Hannah Hawker who died last Sunday after getting COVID. She was unvaccinated and chose not to isolate herself from her husband and her son when they got COVID around Christmas. We've tracked down her son, Jan Rek, who's here to tell her story. Jan, thank you so much for joining us on The Briefing. How are you feeling right now? And what makes you want to speak out about what you've been through?
2: I think it's really important to spread the message and uh, the experience I've had so far because I think I owe to a lot of people who weren't as lucky as me to be in the media or to get into the media.
0: So, Jan, tell us a little bit about your mother and how she died. Do you know specifically what it was that, that killed her?
2: The autopsy was made and uh, my dad doesn't want anyone to know, mm-hmm. uh, him as well, he doesn't want to know. But I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that it was, it was COVID or post-COVID symptoms that she had. She had a back ache, she had a normal cough during COVID, the lungs just failed.
1: So it sounds like this story really goes back to your mother's refusal to get vaccinated. So given that you yeah, and your yeah, father were vaccinated, was her refusal a real point of tension in your family?
2: She was a bit of a sceptic. She was not like against us in like bizarre ways like that we're going to get microchips or anything like that. But she didn't want to get vaccinated and deliberately caught
1: it. What were the conversations you guys had about the vaccine? Did you try and convince her to get it?
2: Yeah, usually separately, but uh, she she always kept stonewalling us, and it was indeed a bit awkward. Even my girlfriend, uh, when she saw her for the last time, they had quite a back fight about it. it. It always got like way too emotional, and yeah, there was no point in convincing her about it because she was just refusing to get immunity from the vaccine.
0: So, Jan, tell us how this story unfolded. You and your father contracted COVID. Your mother hadn't yet. Tell us how it all played out.
2: Uh, I was sick around Christmas. It was just about three or four days. Then my father contracted it because we, we kept spending time together. I didn't think it was COVID at first. But after like three or four days, I lost my sense of smell and I had a pretty bad rash. So I thought it was obvious that it's COVID. So my father then uh, got a positive PCR test. We all three stayed in the same house. I told her that uh, if it's Delta, which it was, uh, the test confirmed that it was Delta. I told her that it's not fun anymore and that something serious might happen if she stays, but she stayed anyway. It was not not anything stubborn, but she just decided not to isolate, just to get... just to contract the the disease and get immunity from that.
1: And so you tried to get her to isolate from you guys? You tried to tell her?
2: I, I told her to consider the option to isolate herself from us, because it stopped being fun.
0: Why did she decide not to? Why did she effectively want to get COVID?
2: Her philosophy was that she's uh, more okay with catching COVID than getting vaccinated. That was the, the whole point of it.
0: And why do you think she wanted to catch COVID? Was there any advantage in, in her mind of doing that?
2: Uh, she wanted the certificates and the the antibodies from the disease rather than from the vaccine.
1: And that's because in the Czech Republic, you you either have to, like most places vaccinated or have had um, COVID recently to enter a lot of public spaces, and for her as a singer, she wanted to enter bars and clubs and cultural places.
2: Yeah, like right now we only accept vaccines anyway. I'm not sure whether we're coming back to accepting uh, certificates from having COVID or having the disease. So, but she she wanted to get the the proof of contracting the disease just so she's so right for. I don't know, six months or, or something like that.
0: Did your mother have any other health issues, Jan, that might have made no. her more vulnerable to severe COVID or was this a complete shock for you?
2: It was it was a complete shock. She felt all right the the morning uh, she died. There was nothing dramatic happening anymore. She went for a walk and on Sunday, uh, on the day she died, I normally talked to her in the morning. Yeah, she just told me, yeah, just giving it half an hour and then we're going to go for a walk. I'll get dressed. But, uh, like, her, her back started hurting, so uh, my father got some, some bond to put it on, on her back. Then she went to her bedroom just so she could lie down for a bit because it was just uh, it was just a bit painful. Yeah, it's quite apparent that she choked to death.
1: Wow. And so what do you want people to learn from your mum's story, Jan?
2: stop being proud about these kind of things it's not necessary and it's really dangerous especially when it when it comes to when it comes to disease like this even if you have COVID, get medicine from the doctor get anything you you'll get uh, prescribed because it's it kills. I remember her telling me that uh, she regretted uh, being too proud about the medicine as well because she was feel, uh, she was feeling sick.
1: So it sounds like you're talking there about that general attitude of being too proud to get any kind of medical intervention that there's an attitude yeah, some yeah, people yeah, exactly. have yeah. that they can just do things on their own that they can fight it naturally whether yeah. that's yeah, you know exactly. not needing to get the vaccine to protect themselves against it but also once they get it not getting any help they need. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. I think yeah, the communication with the official line and the doctors is really important. If you catch COVID and you feel back pain, cough or anything like that, it's really, really dangerous. There's a reason to panic and calling the ambulance right away because that's where it gets mm-hmm. serious. I mean, even if you feel fine, it's still really dangerous.
0: Yeah, and we've spoken to some people who say that they want to catch COVID on their own timeline. They're not putting anything in place to stop them from catching COVID. They kind of want to get it over and done with. What would your advice to those people be?
2: Don't get a vaccine and leave this opinion out of the game. It's not worth it. It's not worth the risk. It's a Russian
1: roulette. Jan, I imagine you hope she'll be remembered for the way she lived more so than the way she died. So what should we know about your mum, Hannah Hawker, and the way she lived her life?
2: Uh, well, yeah, she was the, the happiest person on earth, the most loving mother I uh, could have imagined. And she was a great singer as well. I think there's a lot of le- legacy to be to be left behind other than uh, her dying of COVID, but that, that's a completely different thing from me informing the media about about something that's important to me.
1: So that was Jan Reck um, talking about his mum, Hannah Hawker, who died after getting COVID. Um, she chose to expose herself to it and wasn't vaccinated. And clearly, Jan, he's uh, really wanting to get the message out there about how dangerous that is. And I think it's a pretty compelling case.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine what he's going through in this moment and just the shock of it. Uh, it's obviously moved him enough to really want to talk to media outlets around the world to try and, you know, tell as many people as possible, don't play Russian roulette with this. And I think coming from someone who has that lived experience is just, it's incredible.
1: Yeah. And it's also goes to another challenge that a lot of young people are facing around the world, which is having these conversations with their parents. Like, a lot of us are worried about our parents because they're more vulnerable to COVID, but it's also sometimes difficult to have the conversations around vaccine and medical treatment because there's such different attitudes across the generations. Tomorrow on the briefing, uh, you might remember when Novak Djokovic was locked up in that hotel in Melbourne, people were saying, well, there's also refugees in there. Um, One of them who's been in detention for nine years and we're going to speak to him on tomorrow's briefing
0: listener